Good morning, good morning, good morning. So good to have you with us online this morning for church. Uh, I do pray that you've had a good week. And for those that have been on half term and uh, not having to homeschool your kids has been a blessing, hasn't it? Uh, I hope you've had some good family time. And uh, for others, we're just praying the favour of God over you during this season. Uh, this morning, we're going to come and we're going to worship together. I know we physically can't be together, but that doesn't stop God's people from worshipping together. Uh, and we've got the gift of technology. Uh, and I'm encouraged every week just to know that there are others from our immediate church family that are gathering in this moment at this point on a Sunday morning morning uh, to sing the same songs and gather around the same scripture and, and hear the one true God speak into our hearts about what it means to live for him and who he is. So I'm really praying this morning that the spirit of God will just speak to us uh, corporately uh, as well as to you individually, uh, but speak to us as a church about what it means uh, for us to be his sons and daughters, his children during this season uh, and so uh, we're praying for each of you uh, this is a challenging season I know uh, and we're going to worship in a few minutes Alan's going to lead us and I think he's got the the, the Von Trapp family are going to lead us this morning Alan and his kids and uh, are going to lead us in worship this morning which is going to be fantastic uh, we've got a great message from Dr Keith Warrington uh, a friend of our church uh, is preaching this morning so I'm really looking forward to that but I was just reading a psalm this morning and I just wanted for a few moments just to quieten ourselves um, I know uh, the busyness of life and everything else that's got we've got going on um, in this Lent season, uh, a significant season for the Church of Lent as we prepare ourselves for Easter. Just was reading Psalm 14. I wanted to read it to us this morning. It says this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry for help. I want to encourage you that uh, this, the, the story of being a follower of God is one where we wait patiently for God. It's in God's timing and we trust in his timing. Uh, in the beginning of that, it says, I waited patiently. Um, that's not just hanging around doing nothing. It's an active waiting, uh, getting on with the stuff that God's calling us to do, but waiting for him to break in. You might find yourself in a place of despair this morning. Wait on God. In this moment right now, we can wait on it and we trust in him. Uh, the psalm's going to bring something phenomenal in a minute, but we can trust and, uh, and know that our waiting in him is not a hopeless waiting. And he turns to us and he hears our cry. I want to encourage you this morning, whether you are on the mountain or in the valley, your father God hears your cry this morning. He's listening to you. He hears you. He brought me up from the pit of despair out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. God is secure when everything else around is failing. And in this season uh, where we've been isolated and in the wilderness, where we've not been able to do what we want to do when we want to do it. I want to tell you that he is the rock on which we stand when all of the ground is sinking sand. And then he promises that he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to God. That's that's what God does. He takes our pain and turns it to praise. And this morning we're going to make a declaration of praise of who God is. Whether you're in the midst of pain this morning, there can be a new voice, a new song as we lift our gaze up onto Jesus and declare who he is. And so I want to encourage you. We're in a season of Lent and it's a season of, uh, of, of, of waiting. It's a season where we we set aside time to wait for that hope that is to come of resurrection day. The people that we are are resurrection people, but we need to be reminded there's a season of waiting of trusting in who God is and then it says at the beginning of verse uh, four how happy is anyone who has put his trust in the Lord I want to encourage you this morning let's put our trust firmly and squarely in the Lord's camp let's declare that he is God he is stable uh, and we can from that the joy of the Lord is our salvation that we can rejoice in who he is so Alan's going to lead us I want to encourage you this morning why don't you sing along as you get in your cup of coffee whatever it is you're doing right now you sat with the kids maybe you're on your own why don't you lift your voice and sing this morning uh, our praise to God as Alan leads us so Alan over to you thank you Good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing okay. Um, hope you've had a good week. So we're going to start by celebrating and praising God, and we're going to rock out. Are we, Elijah? Yeah. We're going to rock. So uh, let's go for it. Let's uh, Wherever you are, let's get the air guitars, the air pianos, and the air drums out, and let's go crazy for God this morning. bitten you have rescued me sing it out jesus is alive 
across the empty grave. Life eternal, you have won the day. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. He's alive. And oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. shaked all the cobwebs away this morning <laughs> oh god's good isn't he god's good lord we praise your name lord we exalt you lord we lift you up lord lord hallelujah hallelujah jesus hallelujah
singing that I just started reading 1 Peter and in chapter 1 verse 3 it said blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because of his great mercy he had given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is already to be revealed in the last time. I encourage you, we have a living hope. And maybe this is something of the new song from Psalm 40 that we've just read, a new voice. Maybe this week you've been, uh, your voice has sounded one of depression, has sounded one of loss of anxiety. There's a new song read it from the message says what a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him this father of our master Jesus listen to this here's a new song that we can declare 
because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven, a future that starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. Day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. Until that moment, we place our hope in one who is able. We place our confidence in him who never lets us down. Father God, I pray right now we'd fix our eyes on you. Well, in the midst of this season, whatever it looks like for each one of us, we fix our eyes on you, our living hope. Unto you, our master, Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead. You've given us brand new life and we have everything to live for, including that future in heaven. And the future that starts right now. Thank you that you're keeping a careful watch over us. Thank you that your presence is permanently with us, that there is not a moment where we can be separated from you because of all that you've done. Your spirit is within us. So I pray right now in every household, in every life, in every person watching right now, there would be a sense of your presence poured out by your spirit. Pour out your spirit over each person watching, from the youngest to the oldest from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet, pour out your presence so we can live that eternal promise right now. Not just to get a nice fuzzy feeling on a Sunday morning, but to live in the hope that you have for us all the days, that we can be a shining light in our street to those that live with anxiety. They see a hope within us that is from you. Pour out your presence right now. And I just pray right now in this moment, I'm just praying and I just pray right now for healing in people's bodies. someone with a pain from the bottom of their neck down there right down the center of their spine Lord, i just pray your healing into their back right now that spinal column will just be completely put right that there will be no pain they'd be free from pain by your spirit bringing that whole healed life right now on earth as it is in heaven I pray that you restore relationships. This week where there's been division in a household, there's been that a blazing row that has caused a rift. Lord, will you start to bring reconciliation? Just bring that life and that wholeness right now where there's fear. Fear of what the future looks like. Spirit of God, will you just bring a peace? Spirit of God, right now, we just wait on you. Just waste a few moments right now waiting on you. I want to encourage you, if you just sense God maybe giving you a scripture or just a, a word that would encourage, maybe you know, you just sense that somebody maybe needs some prayer for healing. I want to encourage you, you can use that chat it in that chat and, and just share what you sense God might be saying this morning just to encourage his body his church let's just wait on him just felt that God just is, is just wanting to touch somebody that's got ME this morning. There is uh, maybe a flare up, maybe there's just exhaustion, uh, mental and emotional, but ME has been something you've battled with for years. I just want to pray that God would touch you right now. 
that by the power of the Spirit, he just infuse your body, just pour life into your body. Kingdom, resurrection, life into your body is what I pray for right now. The God who flung stars into space can bring energy and vitality into your bones. God, I just pray life, pray for life everlasting. Spirit of God, will you just pour out your presence? Lord, we just pray healing from that ME, that that which has riddled this person's body, sapped energy. Lord, we pray healing. We pray your kingdom come. We thank you that you're a healing God, a God of restoration. pray right now in this moment those that feel far from you would know the restoration of your love to bring us back into your presence but as we sing it's not just songs the worship where we as your children get to declare the truth of who you are you hear our worship, you hear our cry, because you're a good father. So Lord, as we lift up your praise, I pray your spirit would fall and meet the needs of your people. Healing, wholeness, life now, forevermore. So we come to you with our sacrifice of praise, the offering of our song. For you and you alone. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Alan. Hallelujah. 
God, we thank you. We thank you that in you we have a hope that is not just wishful thinking, but it is firm and it's secure because it's been promised. We've seen the promise. But at the Lent season we find ourselves in, this season of waiting, this season of isolation, the wilderness, 40 days, Jesus spent in the wilderness, 40 years, Israel wandered around in the wilderness story of exile that we see continually through God's people. I want to encourage you and say that God is doing something during this season. We can be so caught up longing for that next season, longing for when we can be free to do what we want, but God is doing something in this season. Let's not miss it, church, because what he's doing in this season is preparing us for what he has for the next. Just as a child grows, what he does in childhood that newborn baby is preparing it for the toddler years and in the toddler years those adolescent years and in the adolescent years teaching something happening within the body and, and physically developing so we can be prepared education and mentally so we're prepared for that next stage of life and God is doing something I want to encourage you it may feel like God is distant that God has disappeared he's not he's working and he's forming something in his people positioning us for something that he has. I want to encourage you, church. Say, let's posture ourselves in that place, that place of surrender, that place of consecration, that place where yet again we come back and we confess and we declare that he is God, that he is a God that is faithful and a God who keeps his promises and a God of promise. So, Father God, I... I as a church during this Lent season, I pray as we journey in discipleship of what it means to live, love and look like you as we as we seek your face over these 40 days. But I pray I pray you pour out your presence that you would find in us holy people that that you can pour your presence out upon and we would shine like stars in the darkness not for our own glory and our own comfort but for your kingdom Father, in this moment, we just posture our hearts in a place of surrender. If we're not careful, that the stuff that define the church is what we cling on to and hope for to become who we will be. God, there's a point where you say that generation is gone. There is a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Are you the people that can can carry this for me? Will you be the church? The body of Christ. Teach us what that means. It starts with a bended knee. It starts that place of surrender. And we come before you right now. Teach us, from the youngest in our church to the oldest, what it means to surrender to you. 
declare in this moment, not our will, but your will be done. Church, I want to encourage you to say God is doing a work and it's uh, it's strange because it's not how any of us would like it to be. But there's some stuff that's happening within the life of our church and it's happening in different places and spaces and God's bringing things together. And you might feel what you're going through is in isolation. It's not, you're still part of the body. But be encouraged that what he's doing in and through each of us it's like individual pieces of a jigsaw that we can't see the full picture right now, but it's coming together and he's forming something that is beautiful. So I just want to encourage you, encourage you to keep on going, keep pressing into him, keep seeking him, keep being faithful to him. Be holy as he is holy. I'm so encouraged this morning. We've got Keith Warrington's going to bring a message to us. And, uh, we're going to move into that in a few moments. Um, but just before we do that, um, some messages coming through. I'd encourage you just to keep reading on the on the chat, just some of those messages that are coming through. Um, Lord, help us prayer. Lord, help us to be found in your presence this morning without blame and without shame. God, we thank you that that is, this, that is the truth, that we become blameless because of who he is, what he has done. Uh, so, God, we, we thank you for who you are. I, I just hope that um, it's a little bit strange doing church this way, but I hope there's a sense of God's presence where you are right now, because there is here uh, and God can even stir his people uh, when we're isolated and, and, and in, uh, engaging with him on a screen uh, with each other on a screen. And his presence isn't limited by that. And so uh, we just are so thankful that we're able to gather together this morning. Um, just something to to keep you in the loop of what's going on. I, I just want to thank you for being an amazing church during this season. I, I wouldn't have thought this at the beginning this time last year, that a year on we would see a generosity in our church that I think has come about because of the season we've been going through. Um, just encourage that we've got more people financially sowing into the life of our church uh, now than we did a year ago. And it's incredible to see. Uh, see we're kind of trying to bless as many people as we can uh, and got some uh, stories that we're going to be able to share with you in a couple of weeks time of just people overseas and uh, church planters in this country that aren't part of our church, but are seeking to step out. We're just going to bless because uh, God's uh, stirring your heart to be generous. And I think we've blessed more people in our community uh, this past year than we have done before with things happening at Christmas and different times. I want to encourage you, keep keep going. God is stirring something through this season uh, and I'm excited by who he is and what he's doing in and amongst us. So if you're able to give this morning, there'll be a link that will come up on the screen. You can go to occ-stratford.org.uk forward slash give if you want to give there. Um, but just thank you for being uh, such uh, an amazingly generous church. Also, kids, uh, at any point uh, over this today or over this week, you can join in with Kids Church online. Uh, there's a link coming up in the chat for that. Uh, please do click on that and, and, and enjoy all of that content for you uh, this week. Um, you may notice that we are uh, entering into Lent. We're, I think, what, like three or four days into Lent. Lent started on Wednesday. Uh, you may be from like a non-conformist background and Lent, you don't really know what Lent is about. Um, I grew up in a church where we did Lent, um, but Lent is this sort of 40 day period leading up to Easter where we just come back to that place of repentance, back to that place of surrender. And we, we acknowledge that there's hope coming uh, on Resurrection Day. And so um, if you're able to and you want to, you can join with us. 40 days of Lent, we're doing a discipleship journey where you can um, get a book that we're journeying through and catch up with us uh, we've got uh, three copies going free so anybody who wants a free copy you can have one of those just get in contact with us at admin our admin email address and we'll get that sent through to you um, and you can get onto uh, a website that will help us to shape a little bit and understand the shape of discipleship within our church and so if you're part of that and enjoying doing that can I encourage you to click on the link in the chat and use that church code to be able to um, share a little bit of, uh, of where we're at as a discipleship as a church that would be fantastic 
uh, two exciting things that we've got coming up that just wanted to share with you. Um, Elim is going to run a national alpha course starting on the 21st of April. Uh, and so uh, Wednesday evening, 7.30, there's going to be national uh, presentation and then we're going to break down into smaller local groups. If you would like to help in that, if you just get stirred for, for uh, allowing those that maybe are far from Jesus to come a little bit closer and start to ask questions in that safe space for people to come and inquire, then uh, could you just email us? Um, there's going to be an email address to come up on the screen right now. You can email us if you'd like to be involved. There's some training that goes along with it, but um, starting on the 21st of April for a season, we're going to be seeking to do Alpha online uh, within uh, the, the Elam churches across the country. So if you'd like to help with that, that'd be fantastic. You can also email us if, um, if what I'm about to share right now stirs your heart. Um, but Andy and Lorraine, who are part of our church, have had uh, a ministry uh, within prison to a man called Tony for a number of years. It'd be great if you could pray for Tony. Uh, he's uh, He's been granted uh, the next stage of his parole, which I think was like a stamp, rubber stamp from the Home Secretary that has happened. So obviously moving into the next category of, uh, of, of, of um, prison for him to get more freedom. Uh, so please pray for Tony. It's it, This is a big shift in his life from years of, of what he has lived to now progressing to be a uh, a free man so let's just pray for tony during this season please but if, if that story stirs you if the idea of these eighty thousand so people that come out of prison each year uh, and, and maybe want to seek some help uh, and maybe have a faith a found a faith in jesus while they're in prison um we're, we're seeking to to be a church that can welcome those uh, especially tony and others uh, and so if that stirs your heart there is a, a four-week uh, course that we would seek to run that can give you some guidance on how we can be a church that is part of something called the welcome directory where people can search that are coming out of prison and find a community where they know it's safe where there's not going to be judgmental attitudes towards who they are and what they've done but we can see that that God is doing something in them that they have made in the image of God and he is stirring a new creation out and in them uh, and so if that's something that stirs your heart will you email us again at admin at occ-stratford.org.uk uh, and if we uh, get people involved in that it'd be great to be a church that can welcome those uh, that are, have been prisoners in our own nation so uh, if that's something that stirs you please do get into touch uh, but otherwise uh, we're going to hand over to Keith Warrington who is going to uh, lead us into God's word this morning so we thank Keith for what he's going to bring he's a friend of our church and we love him uh, and what he brings is always so fruitful and so full and rich and so Keith thank you for leading us into God's word this morning. Hello and welcome to this time together when we're going to explore a rather unusual story that's only recorded in the gospel of Mark. In fact, it's unique in the Gospels, especially because Jesus doesn't. Well, we'll get to that later. My name's Keith Warrington, and I'd like to take you back a few years. We were on a family holiday in Orlando, Florida, where the Disney parks are located, plus an assortment of water parks. Now, these water parks are vast areas of entertainment, all involving water. And one of the experiences available is a tall water slide with a 30 metre vertical drop, the base of which curves into a shallow receiving pool. And our young son, Luke, who was about 10, was intrigued and I rashly volunteered to join him. Now, that involved joining crowds of people who were engaged in a steep climb up steps to a platform in the sky that accommodated a number of lifeguards. And they supervised two queues of mainly young people and directed them towards two gates that would plunge them into a dark downwards abyss. Now at this point, my brain shouted, go back. But my embarrassment at the thought of trying to descend the steps through the ascending crowds of excited pleasure seekers, well, that overcame my common sense. Those who were to undertake the experience of our lives, so we were told, we sat in front of the gates, we crossed our arms across our chests and we crossed our ankles. And at a word from the lifeguard, we shuffled to the edge of the slide where our legs dangled over the vertical drop. At that point, it was too late to go back. I was no longer in control of my destiny. The people waiting behind me were in control. And with Luke, 
on the adjacent slide, I had no option but to launch off into the unknown. And with my life flashing before my eyes and my heart beating far too quickly for my age, I did. And I survived. Though I still carry the memory 30 years on. But being out of control, that's what it does. It makes us vulnerable and it can cause us fear and a sense of panic. It's not a very nice experience. And yet it happens to us all the time. Circumstances change. Life throws something at us unexpectedly. And it's scary because not only do we feel as if we're not in control of our lives, but sometimes it feels as if no one else is. Not even God. But he is. He is in charge. And this morning we're going to explore one of the strangest events in the life of Jesus to affirm this truth. This story is about a man who has a problem that makes his life a misery because he lives in a world of darkness and because of that he's very uncertain of life. He can see nothing, he can see no one, he doesn't know where he's going or what's ahead. Everything is dark because he's blind and because of that he's vulnerable. He's not in charge of his life. And then he meets Jesus and his problem gets solved. But I'm more interested in the message that Mark wants us to learn. You see, his message is much more important than that Jesus can heal blindness. Of course he can. But there's something more important than this. And Mark uses this story to illustrate this truth. And it's a truth that's perfect for those times when our world seems confusing and we feel as if we're in a fog, when the present, let alone the future, is unclear and even scary. So let's read the story. It's in Mark chapter 8, verse 22. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to Jesus a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he'd spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, Jesus asked him, do you see anything? And the man looked up and said, well, I see men, but they look like trees walking. And then Jesus laid his hands on him again. And he opened his eyes. And this time his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Now, Mark's writing his gospel to Christians who are living in the largest city in the empire, Rome. And it's a city of huge contrasts with a few extremely rich people and the majority who are slaves or rely on others for their food. They're poor. And the Christians come from the majority poor. And on top of that, they're beginning to be persecuted. And much of this occurs because of the emperor Nero. You see, during his reign, a great fire occurred in the city that decimated it and killed thousands of Roman citizens and others. And in order to deflect suspicion from himself as the one who caused the fire, he blames the Christians. And even though many Romans didn't believe this accusation, Christians were accused of starting the fire and were themselves burned to death or crucified. And it was a frightening time of loneliness and living in the shadows. Like the blind man, it was a time of darkness and fear, a time of uncertainty, a time of not knowing which way to go and who was in charge. Mark's got a very important message for his readers, and this is it. Someone else knows where they're going, and he's able to provide the light, but not necessarily straight away. Of course, that's Jesus. But there'll be times this week when life gangs up on us, and we also won't know which way to turn. There'll be times in our lives when we've choices to make and we're not sure what we should do and we're afraid of making a mistake. And we're like the blind man and the Roman Christians who were in the dark. 
and we need someone to walk with us as they did. And the message of Mark to us is the same as to his readers. Jesus is in the darkness with us and in his time he'll provide the light. So what happens to the blind man? Well, the first thing we read is that the people beg Jesus to touch him. And Jesus takes the man's hand and leads him out of the village. Interesting. Why? Well, Jesus is giving the blind man the opportunity to trust him. Even though he can't see Jesus and so he doesn't know where Jesus is leading him, he's prepared to take his hand and trust him in his darkness. And Mark wants us to determine whether we are prepared to trust Jesus in our darkness too. But then Jesus spits on the man's eyes. That's strange. And Why does he do it? Well, the Jews believed that spittle had therapeutic powers. In fact, they believed that the spittle of a rabbi had special therapeutic powers. You see, spittle was associated with therapy. And so Jesus is demonstrating to this man who can't see him that something therapeutic is going to happen, something good. And so when he feels the gentle spray of liquid touching his eyes, he's aware of what that signifies. Something good is going to happen to him. Now, Jesus didn't need to do this. He could have just healed him, but he wants to lead the man to his healing in a gentle way that helps him know the journey ahead. He's safe because Jesus is in charge of that journey and he's there to do him good. And then Jesus lays his hands on him. Why? Well, you see, for the Jewish people, touch was very significant and in the healing ministry of Jesus it was also very important and I'll tell you why. You see nearly everybody in the country thought that people who were ill had sinned and that God had punished them with illness because of their sins. Now it wasn't true but it was what they believed and because of that those people were thought to be ceremonially unclean. And if you touched that ill person, you also were ceremonially unclean. But the Gospels record that Jesus often touched people who were ill. And it wasn't specifically to show compassion, as it might be in our culture. Rather, it was to say, in effect, Jesus doesn't get contaminated by their illness. It's as if Jesus is saying, you don't transfer anything negative to me when I touch you, but I transfer something positive to you when I touch you. Touch, the symbol of his authority. But now it gets very strange because Jesus asked the man if he could see. And the man said that he could, but it wasn't perfect. His sight was blurred. Now, this is the only time that Jesus didn't heal someone completely and very quickly. So Jesus lays his hands on the man's eyes again, and this time he's completely healed and the story's finished. But what's the message? What's the lesson? In particular, why did Jesus have to have another go at healing the man? Why wasn't the healing immediate, as happened on other occasions when he healed blind people? Well, Maybe this was a particularly difficult case of blindness. After all, there's no record of any blind person in the Old Testament getting healed. And the rabbi stated that healing a blind person is as hard as raising somebody from the dead, meaning it's impossible. But there's no evidence that this was a particularly complicated blindness. And anyway, three chapters earlier, Jesus raised a little girl from the dead. Surely, if he could raise someone from the dead, he could heal blindness. So why does Jesus take two attempts to heal the man? And why does Mark tell us? Now, this is where the story gets very interesting. You see, although here only one man needed to be helped to see physically, Jesus knew that many more people including you and me, we need to be helped in those times when all we can initially see 
is darkness, though we may see more clearly in the future. That's the message. So let's enjoy the way that Mark relates it to his readers. And let's see the whole story. Because before this healing story of a blind man, Mark tells a story of Jesus feeding 4,000 people with a little bit of bread and fish. Jesus doesn't need bread. He can manufacture it miraculously. Now, he then gets into a boat with his disciples and he warns them about those who oppose him. And he says they are like the yeast that permeates dough to make bread. Jesus says that his followers have to watch out for those people who will permeate their community and do them harm. But the disciples misunderstand and they think that Jesus is telling them off because they haven't brought any bread for the journey. For goodness sake, he's just fed thousands of people supernaturally with plenty of bread. He doesn't need their bread. Ah, but they've missed the point. They've quickly forgotten Jesus's power. They saw it then, but now they've forgotten it. And Jesus says to them, you don't understand, do you? You don't see who I am. You did see my miraculous power, but now you've forgotten. Their sight has let them down. Now it's then that Mark records the story of Jesus healing the blind man. Initially, and then completely. After this story, Jesus has another chat with his disciples, and this time he says to them, who do you think I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah. Do you see what's happening? Peter accurately sees who Jesus is. But then Jesus tells them he's going to die, and Peter says, no, you're not. This time, Peter's got it wrong. Peter doesn't understand. He doesn't fully see who Jesus is. He doesn't realise that Jesus has to die. First, he doesn't see accurately. Then he does. Then he doesn't. And life's a bit like that sometimes. You see, this story of the blind man seeing is in a section where the lesson is not about healing. It's all about seeing, about being in the dark about living with uncertainty, about knowing and not knowing, about seeing and not seeing and then seeing, about learning to trust the one who sees everything that happens to us. So Mark, what are you trying to tell us? Well, it's this. Peter didn't always get it right. He didn't fully understand straight away. First, Peter didn't see clearly. He misunderstood Jesus. And then he did see clearly, but then he didn't. But in effect, Jesus says, that's okay, because I'm in charge of your life. Just as he was in charge of the destiny of the blind man, who didn't see clearly, first of all, but then he did. Now, the Christians in Rome are like the blind man. They have partial sight initially, because they know Jesus is their saviour, but they don't know what to do now because darkness has fallen on them and they feel vulnerable and fearful because of the persecution. And their fear blocks out light and banishes hope. They're in the dark as far as their circumstances are concerned and they worry about the future and what they should do. Jesus says, it's okay. I can see I'm in charge. And so this week, when things will happen to us and uncertainty will descend on us and we'll be troubled as to which way we should turn, the message of the story is also valuable. Because, in effect, this is not unusual for the Christian. It happened to Peter. He was in the dark. But like the blind man, complete sight was granted by Jesus. Full restoration did occur but, and here's the point, not straight away. And it's the same for us. Following Jesus means that sometimes the journey will be obscured by shadows caused by sadness or heartache and fear. And we'll wonder what we should do. Remember Peter. That was him. Remember the blind man. That was him. Jesus took that man by the hand and took over his journey and said, trust me. 
And then he ensured that he could see at the right time. And the message to us, stay with Jesus and trust him to enable us to see in his time. And in the meantime, we rely on him to hold our hand until it's the right time to see more clearly. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you took the initiative with that blind man and with Peter. Thank you that you have taken the decision to take care of us. And we do want to trust you more, knowing that when the time is right, you'll let us see more clearly. And in the meantime, help us to know that you first hold our hand. Help us to enjoy what that means. We're safe. Thank you. Amen. And until we meet again, may you increasingly know the God who's in charge of you, holding your hand when you can't see and even when you can. Goodbye. of creation there at the start before the beginning of time with no point of reference you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life As you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born, and the vapor of your breath, the planets warm. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. You can see your heart in heaven. Everything you made, every burning star, a signal fire of grace. If creation sings your praises, so will I. So will I. We praise you. of your promise don't speak in vain no syllable empty or void but once you have spoken will nature and science follow the sound of your voice and as you speak out in your spirit I'm loved by you the stars were made to worship so will I the mountains 
bowing breath and so will I the oceans roar your greatness so will I for if everything exists to lift you high so will I the wind goes where you send it so you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear, but you lost your life so I could find it here, if you left the grave behind you so Church, I want to encourage you this week. As Keith just said, stay with Jesus and trust in him. The enemy would have us want to doubt God's faithfulness. Doubt in the promises of God, doubt in the power of God. But I encourage you, let's stay close to Jesus. Let's take that time each day to draw near to him and the promise that he will draw near to us. To believe that he is in control. Just through singing that song, just reminded that in the moment when it seemed like God was most out of control, Jesus is dead in a grave, in a tomb. Yeah, that's the moment when he was most in control, displaying his power. Let's not lose sight in the power of God, but the one that we walk with walks with us. And we can trust him. He's fully in control and he has the power. So this week, I pray that each of us would draw near to him keeping our eyes firmly fixed on him, the author and the finisher of our faith. And as we run, as we collapse, as we kneel, as we crawl, as we cry out, as we wait patiently, we know that he is with us, he is faithful, he hears our cry.
And Lord, let us be a people of hope, people that live in the hope of the reality of who you are, shining that through our streets, into our workplaces. Father, we thank you. Amen. 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 Church, I want to encourage you this week. Just, uh, just know that he's with you. He is for you. He has not abandoned you in this time. Uh, this Lent season reminds us that we look forward to a day, Resurrection Day. Uh, and that is a reality of what we get to live right now. And so we live as a resurrected people. So let's go out in the power of the spirit to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Have a blessed week. Uh, and I pray that through this Lent journey that God will speak into your heart and form us more to be like him for the sake of the world. So we'll see you same time next week. Oh, actually, let me let me step back on that. I think next week is the last Sunday of the month. And so last Sunday of the month, we don't have a live stream. We have a Zoom call where we get to see each other um, and uh, share communion together. And so this time next week, 10.30 next week, we'll send out, if you want to sign up to our e-newsletter through the website, uh, we can put that on social media, but we'll send the links out through Connect Groups. And you can join us so we can see each other and worship together and take communion together. 10.30 next Sunday on zoom so no live stream so have a blessed week and we'll see you next week